drop the ball. Go get it. Go get the ball, Boston. Ignore the dog. He's uh, he's adorable, but uh, there, he's taking the ball. He's curling up in his blanket. You got everything you need. You got everything you need, Tyler? You got you got your two hot beverages in front of you? You got a coffee and a tea. We should be all right. That's all right. I got you the coffee on my way back here to the studio, and I didn't know you had a tea going. Yeah. I've been drinking. This is the third round, fourth round on this tea bag, I think. Yeah? You're just like double round in the tea bag. Is that how you like it? Yeah, just reuse the tea bag. You can wear out a tea bag. Yeah. Get it a couple steep, steep. <laughs> steep, deep. Anyways, hey, uh, welcome to We're Doomed. This is a podcast all about the end of the world, and uh, we're going to tell you all about it. We're doomed, and here's why. Tyler we're is... We're fucked. Yep, I'm your host, Brandon McIntosh, and this is my co-host, Tyler Shaftsma. How are you today, Brandon? Very good. You have a very nice bright hat on. Is that because it's hunting season? You don't want to get shot in the head? Yeah. Bright, bright orange hat. So I can be seen in the woods. Yeah. It's turkey season it's, right now. Yeah. Skulking in. Well, you don't want to be mistaken for a turkey. Yeah. That common mistake. I never understood this, like, hunters. Do they just shoot at the first movement they see in the woods, kind of like a police officer would in the States? No, I think they detect the animal. They watch it. They get a clean shot. They make sure no one's around. There you go. Who's who's shooting people? Who's dress, Unless you're dressing up like a deer or a turkey. You know, you, you maybe you're in a local play for Thanksgiving and you're testing it out out in the woods. Don't do that. Don't don't dress up like a turkey in the woods. No, I don't think anyone's doing that. I like to just go for nice long walks in the woods, not dressed like a turkey. That's good, and you're safe now. You got your bright bright uh, orange hat. My bright orange hunting hat. It uh, is a hunting hat. It is. That's good. Well, anyway, I don't hunt though. I you don't hunt. I'm not against it, but I don't do it myself. You don't do it? Have you Have you ever considered hunting? Only if the end of the world happens and I oh, really yeah, need to. Well, there you go. Well, don't wait till then. You got to start now. You should learn now. Exactly. Now's the time to get your skills. You can start slow. Start bullfrogs. There's a lot of hunting in my family. Is there a lot of hunting in your family? Fishing more. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of family on the East Coast. They fish. Um, if they're lucky enough to get a moose tag, they'll go hunt a moose. But other than that... Yeah, nah, not many hunters in my family. See, I rely on that, that there's enough hunters in my family that if we do get to an end-of-the-world scenario, they're at least going to kill a couple they're deer. Hunt. But how many... Everyone's going to be doing that out in the country. We're going to wipe out those deer pretty quick. Yeah. We'll have to work together. You have to work out those numbers. Which is why you should be, like, maybe harvesting deer and meat now and freezing it and getting ready for the end of the world. Yeah, for sure. And uh, as long as the bugs don't get wiped out, go after bugs. Just go in the fields, get a bunch of crickets. Yeah, like get grasshoppers. Gra- grasshoppers and crickets and farm them, and then you can make flower. You can make grasshopper flower. That's right. That's right. It's uh, that's gluten free, I believe. Grasshopper is gluten free. They I don't think eat because so. they, they don't eat gluten. They're just they're gluten free. Okay. Well, gluten's uh, in the wheat, right? In the wheat, grasshoppers don't, aren't they hanging out eating grass? I don't know. I don't know. I think we need a scientist here. I think glue. I think crickets and grasshoppers are gluten free, but don't quote me on that. Okay, we'll we'll just call it that for now. So uh, yeah, it's been a, an exciting week. Yeah, you, you went and voted. You went and you vote. You put your ticket in there. The Canadian federal election is upon us. Is that why you're wearing an orange hat? Are you one of those people? You're an NDP. Actually, I don't know why I call those people. <laughs> I like the NDP, but. The, Recently, like a few weeks back, 
uh, I'm walking the dog, and I just see this big group of people in orange T-shirts just hanging out in this driveway. I'm like, oh, like looks like a softball team. They're all in shirts. Get right up there. Oh, they're all NDP people, but they're like trying to approach this house with all these dogs barking. <laughs> like, I'm like, first of all, don't go house to house as a team. Like, you look like a softball team. And like, people don't like when you show up at their house randomly anymore. That's not a fun thing for a person. And then you open the door, there's a whole softball team for the NDP saying, you vote for us? Like, no. Like, why'd you show up here? It's like, I was, but now, now I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, anything to get the focus away from the evil conservative lizards. <laughs> That's right, the lizard That people. guy's crazy. Like, I didn't, I don't pay attention to the politics much. Yeah. But I, I know what's going on a little bit here and there. Yeah, and you then see his eyes, you see Harper's eyes. Reptiles. Reptiles. And, like, their ties to all the other reptiles. And, you know, Canada always gets left behind. You don't think about Canada as being a reptile country, but... Yeah, like Justin Trudeau, like, he's a little fuckboy, but he's not a reptile. No. But he's just he's just a softie. Yeah, exactly. He's but, a gerbil. If, you, if we're putting it in animal terms. So but if Canada finally votes a fucking reptile like this Andrew Scheer guy in... Then we're going to have ties to all these other, like the states and Trump and all these other reptiles, and then we are fucking doomed. Yeah, that, that's then we'll have better episodes of this podcast then. That's great. No. <laughs> I, I need health care. Like, look at me, Brandon. I personally right. need health care. Or right. I'm doomed. It's not even about we're doomed anymore. It's I'm doomed. That's, tr- that's true. We can't. Yeah, his policies are uh, just terrible. Not, wor- not worth the episode. I'm not going to tell you who I voted for, though. Neither am I. I just put a big frowny face on the voting card, and I fisted it into the box. It was nice. I got to see my grandmother. She worked the advance polls. Oh, that's a, that's awesome. She gave up her Thanksgiving to work the advance polls for that's you people. Right. Is she Dutch? Is she from is she Dutch heritage? No, it's my the other side of my family, so the British side of my family. The Brits... Okay. She's just a nice lady that volunteers in the community. That's good. Anyways, I want to get into some news articles here. Uh, I guess we're doomed news. Is that what we're going to call the segment? We don't have a name yet for the... uh the news of the end, or what's a good name for it? <laughs> the news of the end. We're Doom News has a good We're rhyme. Doom news. We're Doom News. Again. We're Doom News. Yeah, a nice little sound bite there. Okay. So, cha-cha music. So we got some fun stuff here. It's not all bad news. Uh, there's a, a Dutch family. Oh, let me bring up the article here. Let's find the source. I don't think it's very reliable. Oh, it is. It's the Dutch news. It's coming right from Dutch. Dutch right from Dutch. Right from the Dutchland. It's Holland, Brandon. <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the Dutch people out there. I'm in the Dutch hall right now. I'm just uh, yeah, ill-informed. Anyways, a, uh, police find family of adults hiding for nine years in farmhouse cellar, believing the end of the world is coming. So they went down, I guess, they've been up there for nine years with no contact with their neighbors, with anyone else in their family. Apparently, their neighbors would only see the, the, the elderly man, the father, who had... I think six adult children, ranging from 16 to 25, and they just spent nine years living on this farm. He just, he, he told them, the end's coming, we have to stay here. They grew all their own vegetables, they had goats, so they just, apparently one of the, the oldest just stumbled into a bar one day in town, just super confused. After being gone for nine a- years? After being gone for nine years, thinking everyone's gone, thinking the whole world is, is uh, like everyone's dead. So nine years ago, so we're talking 2010. 
Yeah. So they they were prepping for 2012. 2012, I think so. They're just getting on it early. It doesn't say anything about that in the article, but it's There's easy probably a few people still out there that are bunkered up from 2012 being like, oh, we got to wait at least 25 years before we go out <laughs> and see yeah. what's going on. They'll just come out in phases. Like, they all have their own year. So they were in a bunker? They were in, like, no, not they had, like, a bunker, like, protected area, but they were outside a lot. Apparently, they just farm constantly, farm the land, and they're far enough away where they wouldn't see anyone, really. But uh, I guess the oldest of the group wandered into a bar. The bartender said he ordered five beers and uh, then had a chat with him and told him he had run away and needed help. And then they called the police. And then they came out here. And he had the long hair and, like, the ratty clothes. Like, wow. you're, you're not, you still have your house. Like, why not just put on new clothes? You can still shave. Whatever. So, anyways, they, they all got taken into custody. But like that's that's so weird. How do you live that long? Why did they get taken years? into custody? Well, the the father did. He basically held them there, like against their will. Oh, they he lied were, to them. He lied to them. He knew that the world was okay. I don't know. He's probably insane. He probably you know he he probably thought it was coming. Might as well, you know, why not just like suggest the idea? Hey, let's just live a cool off the grid lifestyle. And then maybe, I don't know, maybe his adult children were trying to leave. So he's like, nope, end of the world's coming. you got to stay here. Help me grow potatoes and <laughs> corn and tomatoes. Yeah. And we're going to stay alive here in my den. Maybe he was just, like, extremely paranoid. Yeah. Got the whole family paranoid by the sounds of it. <coughs> Nobody wanted to leave. No. Anyways, that's that's good. At least they're out in the world again. They, it's <laughs> they're just gonna see what everything that's happening in the world and just you know they'll have a whole new light. Yeah, they'll see the positive, and then they'll sit around for a while and be like, "Oh shit, the end of the world is coming." Thanks for doing podcasts, but at least it's the- a stupid plug for our own podcast in the middle of it. Cool, <clears throat> but at least they're prepared that if there is another end of the world scenario. They're all bunkered up and ready to go. But what were they prepared for? Obviously, they're not prepared for any kind of natural disaster, but they're ready for, like, just, you know, food, truck stops showing up, civilization just deteriorating, people freaking out, trying to steal things, disease outbreak. But, like, you're not, you know, no super volcano or comet or crazy storms are going to protect you on your, your farm in your basement. Right. But uh, I guess, you know, they were ready for what they were ready for. <laughs> Some kind of, I don't know if, if there's any religious indentations, if maybe they thought that kind of end of the world was coming. But anyways, here's a, here's a topic that's not quite about the end of the world. We're, we're going to have topics just because we're doomed as a society, as humans, because we're just ridiculous people. And we do ridiculous things. And uh, famous people, like, like Kiss... You like the band Kiss, Tyler? The rock band Kiss. You like Kiss? Yeah, I love Kiss. I got like all their <laughs> albums on old record. Actually, a lady in my town was cleaning out her barn, and she called me up when I was like 14 years old and was like, come get all these Kiss records out of my barn. Like, Seek and Destroy, and there's some <laughs> like uh, Alive, and then there's a weird li- like box set with a bunch of other Kiss records. That's a real it. small town thing to say. Come get these Kiss records out of my barn. Yeah. So yeah, love Kiss. So seek uh, and destroy. They're playing a. They're doing an Australian tour, and uh, they got offered a uh, a gig out in the ocean, 
where they can play for great white sharks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, eight lucky fans. Gene Simmons was probably all over that. Eight, apparently, there's a bunch of small submarines in I'll, the water. I'll fuck a shark, yeah. Gene said. <laughs> Give me that shark. They've never heard rock and roll all night. <laughs> I want rock and roll all night. Like, why do they just think the sharks are going to be okay with this? They just go all the way out into Love the Indian Ocean. And they're not in the kiss isn't in the water. And they're not like in scuba gear playing underwater. They're all on their own individual dinghies. <laughs> Ace Freely's just floating away. <laughs> no, it sounds like they're on like a performance vessel, has like a stage and they're playing. So there's people above water watching them, but then there's people in like little submarines and they're just baiting sharks to come in. And then they're they're playing for like they're playing maybe four songs. They're just chumming for sharks. I'm like, well, why? And there's like they're all talking about like wow it's uh, uh, Stanley said I'm not sure how much of of us the sharks can take I'm hoping they know rock and roll all night <laughs> so yeah. rock and roll all night's on the set list yeah. Love Gun for sure God um, what else would Kiss play for sharks uh, I was made for loving you baby yeah what is the name of that one. I, I was made for loving you. Is it? That sounds correct. I could just bring it up, but you know what? Just say something. It's probably a Kiss song. <clears throat> That's hilarious. But the audacity. Kiss would have. do it too. Kiss is like one of the few rock bands. I'm like, I'll go play for Sharks. Yeah. Ted Nugent, he'd do it. Enough money. It's just like, who's those fans? Probably all just millionaires. Bunch of dinks. Uh. There are people that own the Sharks. Don't play people for me that and own my sharks. I don't be, think people own sharks out in the ocean. There's got to be some billionaires out there that own sharks. Have them all tagged up. Some in uh, their sharks. Anyways, I can't bring this story up, so I can't get names or look. Actually, I know it's it's uh, we're we're still gonna talk about the ocean. This next, the ocean will fucking kill you too. We're it doomed. Will. We're doomed. It, the ocean is rising, and it's it's getting scary out there. In fact, in the states in North Carolina. A head federal meteorologist dies from drowning in weather that he reported telling people not to go in the water. So he's out there like, we got a big storm coming. Like, everyone bat bunk down your hatches, no swimming out in the ocean. And he's just like, you know what I'm going to do after work? I'm going for a swim in the ocean. And he drowns. <laughs> Worst weatherman ever. The ocean terrifies me. I know. It's uh, I've had some terrifying experiences in the ocean. It's uh, it's you don't want to reckon with it. It's it's got some surprises for you. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I had uh, I got stuck out on a paddle boat when I went to Australia, cause I I decided I wanted a paddle boat o- or paddle all the way out to uh, these dolphins that I could see. Paddle boat or board? Sorry, paddle board. Not in a boat. It's a paddle board. So I'm standing on it. I don't even have a life jacket. Because I don't think I'm going that far. I see these dolphins coming, so I'm like, I'm just going to cut them off. And they do, and they come right under the boat, or under the paddleboard. It's amazing. And then I look back, and I'm just like a kilometer away from the shore. I'm so far. People are so tiny on the beach. And I just freaked out, because like, the current took me all the way there. So now I have the paddle as hard as I can all the way back. And the whole time, there's like something in the water chasing fish around. And like the dolphins are long gone. But I'm thinking, like, these dolphins will save me if they get the chance. Like, if something happens, 
Like, I've heard about that before. Where dolphins will just come to humans' rescue if there's, like, a shark nearby. So that's... <laughs> I'll stay positive. Well, fuck you, too. Yeah, that, that's true. I'll rape your little mouth. Nah, knock me off the paddleboard. They'll still bring me into safety, though. Just like, all right. Kiss starts playing. <laughs> help, Kiss, help. <laughs> they just pull up in a boat. Like, fuck this guy. He's really... That would be the rescue of the century. Just a uh, kiss saves someone from a shark attack. The very sharks that they brought in. Yeah. What else is in the news? Oh, this We're is doing this is news. <laughs> I just saw this as a headline, but it just, it just, fuck, I had to open it and read it. Six year old YouTuber, six years old YouTuber, buys $8 million property in South Korea. My God. Like, I didn't think YouTubers made real money. Let alone a six-year-old. He's got two popular YouTube accounts. Where he probably just opens toy trains. That's exactly what he does. He opens toys. And he, he just opens boxes. He opens boxes, plays with the and toys. And can now buy an $8 million fucking property. We're doomed, Brandon. Yeah, and they're like apartment complexes. He's going to make money off this. Is this his choice? It can't be his choice. You think his parents were putting him up to it? And there's like walking through the neighborhood, he just sees a sign. He's like, hmm, that's a, that's a pretty good price. Like, what's the square footage here? Just like goes on a tour. He's like, I like it. I'm, I can open toys in this room. He's a smart little kid. He's like, I'm going to invest in property, <coughs> get myself a place on the earth. Because like toddlers, we think toddlers aren't ready for the end of the world. But this little kid's thinking, I'm going to start buying property. Yeah, I got to get on it. Quick. Really, really picked up what Monopoly was trying to teach him, you know? This kid's awesome. Where's he going to be when he's like 21 years old? He's cat. still opening toys, probably. If No, <laughs> I think that wears off like after eight. Start getting a little fe- peach fuzz on your upper lip. You can't be opening toys on the internet anymore. Yeah, maybe people just wake up one day and realize watching people opening toys on the internet is fucking retarded and uh, <laughs> much better things to do with your your life. It's other kids that are doing it. Like yeah. other kids want to go see kids opening toys. Which that is, sounds sad. Like your kids are, are kids are sad now, Brandon. They're not happy. They're not going outside and riding their bike. We're doomed. They're sad. They're like, I can't play with this toy, but I'll watch this six-year-old Korean boy play with it. Yeah, and meanwhile, that kid's buying property. Buying property. If you were six years old and had $8 million, what would you do? I'd probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably buy some property. Yeah, if you had no direction from any parents or guardians or advisors, and you're just like, here, Tyler, here's $8 million. Six-year-old Tyler, what are you going to do with it? I'd probably get kissed to play for some sharks. <laughs> <laughs> That'd probably cost about $8 million. Uh, you could probably do it for. You can get some other bands out there, too, I bet. Get, like, Elton John playing for the sharks. Calm them down after Kiss. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'd do with $8 million as a kid. I'm trying to think back, like, what did I like when I was six years old? i buy a lot of pogs. I think, uh, you know that movie, uh, Blank Check? Remember that? Blank Check yes, came out? I think I'd pull one of those, like, because I saw that movie around that time, and I'd just, like, buy a mansion. And, like, throw crazy parties. Yeah. yeah. Just got a cool Water slides driver. everywhere. Yeah. Robots. Yeah. That, that's, I'd, I'd choose that. I'd probably, yeah, have a <laughs> bunch of bicycles. I have no imagination for myself. It's just for movies. <laughs> I like your idea for Kiss, though. It's a good way to spend money. That probably was the same little kid. <clears throat> he bought property and he paid Kiss to play for sharks. 
All right, Tyler, I got one more news article for you before we move on to our main topic of the day. This one actually will flow right into the main topic. We call that a segue. Anyways, uh, this is, you know I'm very excited about this news. In fact, this news came out two years ago, but for some reason, they're rehashing it. The Navy confirms finally that those UFO videos that Tom DeLonge released, they're real. All the small things. All the small things. And the big things. Incredible. Aliens exist. Aliens exist. Thank God. Tom well, DeLonge was here. people knew that these were real? He was telling us since the 90s. Why haven't we been listening to Tom DeLonge more? I've been listening to Tom DeLonge since Dude Ranch, man. That's right. He is, uh, actually, I've been following his whole UFO. I've been cheering for him, because that's the life like, I want. Th- this is a crazy story for anyone that isn't following along UFO conspiracies. Yes. Like, the lead singer of the and guitar player of the popular 90s pop punk band Blink-182 quit all of that. Yep. Threw it all away to actually dedicate his whole life and money. Which he made a ton of money in Blink One Eight Two. He did this like how many years ago? It's almost been ten years now. It must be close to ten longer, years. Like, where it really got serious. Yeah, like and he wrote a book. He co-wrote a book with somebody. He like, wrote screenplays for all of Angels and Airwaves. His next band that was all about aliens. Was it? I never liked it, so <laughs> I never listened. And it was all about aliens. So he he was all in on aliens, but like gave up music completely a couple of years ago to research and now the navy's confirming research that he was saying like um these lights in san diego yeah where he's from yeah, yeah those are the ones he'd seen as a child i think and had been researching and trying to figure out those ones the same one the same yeah and these yeah these are the ones that are flying out in the ocean like south of mexico and like these are the videos that are coming out now i think there's three videos like they rehash this article essentially but they came out with three videos now they have a lot more verification from people involved, like all the Navy people involved, and they're just coming out and saying, like, these videos should not have gotten out. They're not meant to be distributed. I guess Tom DeLong, sneaky, sneaky, got his hands on it somehow and released it. Like, went through his, like, uh, his fucking to the sky program, or whatever the hell his company's called. Yeah. And he started some company to. So he's, shit. uh, I'm surprised he's not dead yet. Anyways, we're on the, he's on he's my celebrity death. Calendar. You, think they're gonna all, you think like the FBI is going to, men in black are going to come? I don't know. That's the way of the UFO researcher when you dig too deep. Uh, I wish I had the information. But in maybe front of me. that's There's what been... they wanted. Maybe they're like, we need to let this, let people know in a silly, fun way. Yeah. And what better way than the lead singer of Blink 182? Yeah. What? And make that be the silly, fun way because he's kind of, but like. I think they just thought, you know what? They thought exactly that. Like, it's, oh, it's Tom DeLonge, whatever. We'll show him all this shit. Who cares? It's funny. He's probably doing it to be funny for some show. He's writing his new album or something. And, like, really, he's just dedicated. They're showing him things he shouldn't be seeing because <laughs> he knows what he's going to do with it. Like, but those articles came out where the Navy confirmed what he said. Yeah. But, like, nobody else batted an eye. It wasn't international news. It wasn't, like, a big it, it press was. conference. For, like, two days it was. But, yeah, you didn't see any panel shows really talking about it. I don't watch CNN or Fox. I'm sure they had a little blurb. They had the X-Files music playing or something. And, like, yeah. Because no one, humans aren't going to care about this until they see it. Until there's a giant flying saucer above and green men walking around. Exactly. Probing people. That's why there's only a small population of humans that truly believe, because they've seen something. 
And I'm part, I think I'm partially one of those. I've had a UFO sighting, something that I can't explain, flying-wise. I'm not saying it's aliens. But speaking of aliens, that is today's topic. Aliens and alien invasions and how aliens could end the world and just the way we live here. And, we're uh, doomed. And how we're doomed because of aliens. If they... If they are here. If they are here on Earth or even in our solar system uh, or, or on in the, the way. universe or they on just, the way. They could just be on the way. All these sightings could just be probes. Could just be like things zipping around. And we yeah. go right to we're fucked. We go right to we're doomed instead of these aliens might bring us intelligence and help us. You know what? I was going there too, okay? Because uh, there's many reasons people believe aliens are here. They have many different agendas and reasons. And you know why? Because there's a million... Aliens out there. I have this book in front of me. It's called The Field Guide to Extraterrestrials. And it's fairly thick. And it's all accounts of people who's witnessed aliens, have been abducted by aliens. So either either that book's thick because there are a lot of different aliens or just the human imagination has created a lot of different aliens. It, it's in, Either way, it's incredible. But we're going to go through this book later because there's some... Uh, amazing stories in here and some hilarious looking aliens I want to go over. But uh, yeah, alien invasions. Uh, I, can't, I can only imagine if it actually happened. Because I've been a believer of UFOs. Like, that's two different things right now. Since when? What got you into it? What made what you go that it? this is real? Was it Mars Attacks? I think it was Mars Attacks for me. It was around that time. Um, I already loved the movie E.T. as a kid. Um, I that is probably that and maybe some cartoons that gave me the first impression of what an alien was something that came from another planet so I was probably four or five and I loved E.T. I watched it all the time and then uh, it, yeah it was probably around the time Mars Attacks came out Independence Day those but, are the two that make you start thinking we're doomed when yeah. you think aliens Mars Attacks oh, and yeah. Independence two big Day attack ones and uh, Fox 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 Channel had all kinds of uh, top 10 UFO sightings of America and, like, real alien footage. And, like, it's, it's a really cheesy fake video, but at the time they filmed, like, this gray alien, like, like trying to communicate, and it has, like, breathing problems, and they're trying to resuscitate it. Watching that as a kid, though, I'm just like, holy shit. Like, it is real. And, like, I'd watch The X-Files. And because these shows would come on before The X-Files. It'd be like... Uh, what are some of those other ones like? It's like uh, it's like all these mystery shows, and they involve like alien abductions sometimes. So I think I blame Fo- the Fox Channel for all of this, because they they had these shows back to back, and I just sit there. No no one would stop me from watching it. But never a sighting of your own as a kid. Never as a kid, like I uh, like I had all these books. Like I remember, like I still have most of them. And I'd make my parents, like, take me to the library, and I'd always get the same book. So they eventually just bought me these books, not even thinking anything out of it. Like, extremely detailed UFO sightings and, like, government files and crazy conspiracies. And they're just like, oh, he's just looking at the pictures. But no, I'm just reading through it, just, like, it's blowing my mind. And, like, I knew this information way before I should have, and I, like, ended up doing, like, school projects <laughs> About, like, the different kinds of aliens that come down to Earth, like, because of this book here. Because it, show, it shows you all the different aliens. You know what I just thought of? A strange coincidence. I remember learning about or having to do projects in uh, elementary school about aliens. 
and we had to create an alien once, and I named that alien after a Blink-182 song. Wow. How fucking coincidental is that? It's, it's all it's full circle. Full circle. Yeah. Zulu. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what's a Zulu? I don't know. It's the name of the alien that I invented oh. or thought up. But uh, it was also a Blink-182 song. What song? What album was that from? Like one of their early EPs, like Arbuda or one of their early songs. Yeah. I was a big Blink-182 fan as a kid and a big Alien fan as a kid. And like I, another big thing that got me into Aliens was all those like no rules and no fear shirts that had Aliens on the back. Yeah, that's right. Aliens were selling everything in the Night. 90s. They Absolutely. were selling booze. Like Budweiser had Alien commercials. Dude, my I didn't... I, an embarrassing collection of alien things like stickers. I had like yeah. Beanie Baby aliens. I had posters on my wall. I had a poster of the Spice Girls as aliens on my wall. So I was a creepy. Spice Girls fan. I didn't <laughs> That's I'm so not. strange. But yeah, like the, when we were growing up, aliens were everywhere. Not just UFOs, because to think about the UFO is one thing. The flying saucer was, you know, that's that was around for a long time. But it's what's piloting that flying saucer yeah. that we're interested in. That's what got popular in the 90s. All those, you'd see logos everywhere. So the-, the classic gray alien, which if you don't know what that is, that's the big alien with the big head and the big eyes. Yeah, little, little mouth, sometimes no mouth at all. Where does mouth. that come from, that imagery? That is that is imagery that. made by Hollywood and cartoons, or is that imagery that yeah. somebody saw in one of the early sightings? Because well, so if you think about that alien, the, yeah. the makeup of that alien is almost like this glorified, advanced, like, uh, you know, human evolution. If you were to think of the next step yeah. in that human evolution chart where we come from monkeys and we're walking forward, they got a bigger head, smaller, frail body, big fucking head, big noggin with a big brain in it. Big eyes that can see different things. It's right on the cover of that book. Exactly. Yeah, and this is um yeah this is probably the most common one. This uh, this gray alien, and uh, it does they call it a humanoid. It's in the humanoid cal- category because it looks somewhat human, and it's weird because people witness witness this category of alien a lot, but they always kind of vary a little bit. Sometimes they have hair. Sometimes like their eyes aren't as big. Sometimes they're all black eyes. Like there's taller ones, shorter ones. There's ones that kind of act like a, like a swarm of bees or ants. Like they all work together in one unison, and it's kind of controlled by like a taller one. Like people see all kinds of weird variations of grays, but that's the most popular one. That's the one like when the story of Roswell, when a supposed ship came down in a thunderstorm, which they picked up on radar. By the way, they have radar proof that. Something did come through the sky and then disappear very rapidly. And what year was that? 1946. This is Roswell, New Mexico. This is, well, this is the main town. The, it crashed outside of town on a ranch. And they were, these people were the first to find it. And then first responders, the army, and so-and-so. And they brought in more and more important people. But everyone got a look and they, they saw exactly what you described. He's... Weird, bald-headed little humanoids. They were wearing suits. All of them were dead but one, apparently. One was uh, barely alive. And there's all kinds of varied reports, like someone shot the one that was alive, or like the one that was just gasping for rare, or they kept it alive for like a few days. Some people think it, it stayed alive the whole time. It, it or it's just, still alive. It's still alive. And they just yeah. have it in a cage somewhere. Not in a cage, but it's probably controlling some shit for sure. Well, like a weird military-grade industrial cage. 
But like you ask me, like you, yeah, you said like these are seem like evolved humans, but I I almost see them as like some kind of artificial and biological intelligence, like something created that can sustain space travel, but still appear human-like. Like it could be a replica of what a like a species looks like, but like we don't know their technology, and I'm sure it's hard getting across space, but. Why not send drones? I'm sure it's hard getting yeah. across space. I'm sure it's probably a little tough. It's not the easiest walk in the park. But like, why not send drones and like, uh, re- like just scouts essentially to Earth first? Like that's maybe? where that's where the invasion always starts. It always starts with the small sightings. Remember the movie Signs? That was a good one with the cornfield. Mel Gibson just looking intense the whole movie, and he, uh, yeah, that movie that's the same thing. They're just. Marking coordinates, little scouts are coming down here and there. Then they all attack at once. So you think that these sightings of gray aliens, they are collecting information to they, lead toward an attack? You know what? They all, with all these different aliens that are seen, you know, there's gray aliens, there's the Nordics, the Scandinavian looking. They just look straight up human. The they tall just, whites? They all The tall whites, which are similar to the Nordics, but a little different. They're a lot taller. <coughs> And, and uh, wider reptilians, um, yeah. There's inse- insectoids. There's these are all real categories in this book. <laughs> so I'm being technical. And these are all aliens. And when we say aliens, we're talking about creatures from other planets or other dimensions too. Because then they're alien. You know, a lot of them are very bizarre, but a lot of them um, they're backed up. Oh, there's no proof, but essentially they see a UFO or some kind of ship at the same time as seeing an alien. But some of them are just bizarre encounters in the woods or in their bedroom, which is bizarre creatures of just cryptoid nature. Like, there's all kinds of weird things in here. And uh, we'll go f- through a few of them. Like, I already talked about Roswell, but uh, the the Scandinavian. These are just funny because these just seem like a nice, tall Scandinavian person and some ignorant redneck from america who's never met a person from scandinavia before <laughs> just the, like comes across them the ship it looked like a boat <laughs> but uh I'll, I'll read this story so this is in the humanoid class it's uh they're called nordics nordics that's the official term like they're from norway but they're not apparently they're from space so at about eight o'clock in the morning so this is sorry this is colorado 1975 it's the 70s so you're driving around. At about 8 o'clock in the morning, the sky was vivid blue with no, not a cloud in sight. Jamie W. and her husband were driving their Volkswagen from Boulder back to Lamar, Colorado, where they lived. No one else was on the highway. Suddenly, they saw something off to the left of the road, about 350 feet in the air, was an elongated donut-shaped object. So it's a big donut. I'm thinking inner tube full of helium. What do you think? <laughs> Anyways, they could actually see the sky through the center of it. Its size was an order of half of a football field. How come alien ships are always, whenever they're Huge. talking about big ones, but they always measure with the football field? Why does every like, it just, everyone knows the size of a football field automatically? A hundred yards, Brandon. A hundred yards. Can't you just say a hundred yards? I think it's a hundred yards. Is this, is this so Americans can understand? Yeah. Un- they watch it every Sunday. Okay. So it's half a football field. So like, all right. They just picture yards. it in their head. They're just like, half. 50 yard line. Yeah. That's half a football field, right? <laughs> I think. Anyways. Anyway, this thing had a highly polished metallic look. 
The car, the couple pulled their car over to the side of the road, but couldn't get any closer to the object because of a barbed wire fence. They sat there watching it for 30, 45 minutes. Jamie got them, them back, so she mentally greeted them, saying, My name is Jamie. Welcome to our planet. Don't okay. rip your jeans on our barbed wire yeah. fence. And be careful with your denim. Then suddenly, three or four little white clouds popped in, front of the, in from the east, traveling west followed by a huge cloud that moved in front and covered the metallic object. When this cloud moved on, the object with a hole in the center was gone. They then started the car and resumed their trip to Lamar, but strangely, Jamie, who was normally hyperactive, now felt unusually calm and peaceful. Years later, during a hypnosis session, of course, they didn't... I don't know what prompted them to... Anyway, Jamie revealed that as soon as he'd seen the object, she wanted to run to it. Though her husband had to hold her to stay in the car, she remembered suddenly being inside the object where she was greeted by two beings, one male, the other female. They looked very Scandinavian. They were all tall, about six and a half feet, thin and beautiful. Their hair was long and blonde, and so were their eyelashes. Jamie noted that their skin was so white it was almost translucent. Both wore blue jumpsuits. I feel like they came across like a weird Scandinavian hippie cult. Just out there in America, like lots of communes in the seventies. Like maybe it they could just be. yeah. But it sounds like she went uh, into a ship of sorts. Yeah. Did yeah? Where where'd they end up? Anyways, Jamie did not want to leave the ship, but was told that she must go back. Suddenly, she found herself in the car again, determined to pass on their message of peace. So these are just peaceful Scandinavians. Spreading the word of peace. Yeah, they haven't done no harm yet. So these aren't harmful aliens. These are nice ones. If there are Scandinavian aliens. Like, what if these are just Scandinavians? That have... They're pretty secretive. Like, Scandinavian people that have figured out advanced technologies. Yeah. And they're like, we're not sharing it with the rest of these dum-dums in the world. We're going to fly around and spread the world a word of peace. Yeah. These cool jumpsuits. That's what I think. I feel like that's more believable than... It could be true. It could be people from the future. These are more realistic as future people. Just a blend of... Well, a future, a future person would be an alien also. I guess so. But what? so. Maybe they are just Scandinavian future people. Yeah. Who are alien to us. Then we got this one. Oh, this is one of my favorite alien abduction stories of all time. This is, I'm trying to write a screenplay about this. Don't steal it. So the uh, the Nordic aliens, they're they're very peaceful. They want to spread peace. Uh, this next one here, the reptilian. These are the evil ones. These are the this is the the sheer government people. This is the the government of America. These are reptilians. Yeah, this is what people think are already here, living amongst us, infiltrating our minds and our society, trying right. to take everything over without us knowing. But you can see it in their fucking little reptilian eyes. Yep. They go into a little slit, look at Beyonce, look at Jay-Z. They're all fucking reptilians. They're all reptilians. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, they, they a lot of people believe that there's these people in high places causing a lot of problems in the earth are just reptilians that shape shift into humans. Every once in a while, a tongue slip of a little forked tongue will slip or an eye looks like a little lizard's eye, and those are just photoshopped. But uh, who knows? I, why are these people so evil? Well, could a, they be reptiles? It, it, it's, it's one. It's there's one another theory. thought of it, and there's another way to look at it too is that um there's two different archetypes of the human brain yeah one being the mammal monkey brain that are 
kind, compassionate people that like to help others. And then the lizard reptilian brain that are just manipulative fucks that want to suck everyone's souls. Yeah. And those are just two human archetypes. And then we just have people that are so fucking manipulative and shitty that we're just like, oh, those are lizards. Those are actual lizard people. Now, can I tell you, I might not have had an alien encounter, but I may have had a lizard. A lizard person encounter? Yeah, like come into my room at night. But it might have just been a dream. It might, yeah. <laughs> what, what, were, what were they doing? The skulking around? Yeah, I got. Were they more acting like a human or acting like a reptile? They were in, and they were. It was Donald Rumsfeld. Donald Rumsfeld. I think he I was, was in your bedroom. He was in my bedroom, and then he turned into a crocodile, and then I woke up. It was a dream. It was a hundred percent a dream. Well, thank God that was a dream. That would be. Uh, or be it was real. Traumatizing either way. I hate those dreams that take place in your actual bedroom. Yeah, that's that's not a good setting. Makes it too real. It's not a good setting for Donald Rumsfeld. Yeah, no Donald Rumsfeld in any dreams. Anyways, I want to go through this story. It's at my absolute favorite. It is a reptilian. There's several reptilian categories, but this one is uh, these guys are ten feet tall. And they they call it the swamp creature because it looks like you know the swamp closet. thing. Yeah, the swamp thing, like the from the Blue Lagoon, like one of those has like the weird like layered reptilian skin and like gills and spikes. But anyways, this happened in Italy in 1978. This happened to a, a night watchman. He was patrolling a neighborhood when he saw some sp- suspicious lights at a house. He went to investigate. And what he came upon it just blew his mind. These giant, tall creatures suddenly came upon him, hit him with a light, and he's out. He blacked out, and he woke up in the snow. He was half naked, and he was, he was all hot and warm. Like he's just out of the oven or something or just got out of a hot tub and he's like slimy. And he gets up and he starts freaking out. And another patrolman actually came and uh, helped him. And he had no idea what happened. He didn't remember at all. But I guess it kept happening to him. Like for like the next two weeks, still going to work. Same thing happens. He's just driving around and just suddenly he's just in this ship. He just recalls these giant creatures like pinned him to this like wall and are just like like prodding him and like like demanding things in like a weird language he doesn't understand and uh so he ends up going to a hypnotherapist and uh, i guess the the media gets news of it and they want to record it live so i guess this was on like the news live in italy and it was it was hilarious i guess it was a huge hit because this guy's like going through like what they're telling him like these reptiles are just like we want to. It's like it's like we want to give you this weapon. You have to give it to this man, this scientist on Earth, and this and that. And they're like shoving this huge glowing sphere into his hands, and he's like giving it back. Like I don't want to take it. I don't want any of this. And apparently, this guy has been plagued with abductions his whole life. He he moves, he gets a new job, and they just keep coming for him, asking him to do weird things, that waking happen- up in the woods. That happens with a lot of people, right? The reoccurring abductions. Yeah, but they're. A lot of the abduction experiences, especially involving the greys, they're a lot more, like, calmer and then, like, planned. Not just, like, nabbing this guy, yelling at him, taking his clothes, and leaving him in the woods. Like, the the greys come into your bed at night. They're just, like, they you, you become paralyzed. They float you out of bed. They float you through the window, which yeah. is crazy. Take you to their ship. Up into the ship. Put they, you on a steel plate. 
Yeah, and yeah. poke and prod at you and yeah, take they, their samples from your anus. Yeah, your anus and your your ball sack. They want all the. They just play around with your genitals. What's that one famous one? The the Benny Hill, Benny and Barney Hill. Betty and Barney Hill. That is no. famous. That's in this book too. But I know that off by heart, so I don't need to look at it. Is that the right name of it? Betty and Barney Hill. No, that's not it. It is Betty Hill and Barney Hill. Okay. Why why didn't, why didn't you think it's real? Their name's not believable. Barney. No, no, those are the right names. I didn't think Hill was the last name. Yeah, it's Hill. I'm thinking of the B- Benny Hill theme song. Yeah, yeah, Benny Hill. Benny Hill, right. Not Betty. Anyways, they uh, yeah, they encountered... And Barney. They were an interracial couple, and they were, they were driving back from a, a trip. They lived in New Hampshire. They were coming back from Montreal and going through the mountains, the White Mountains, in New York State. And this was the 1950s as well, or early 60s. So interracial couples are kind of, you know, you don't see very often. And uh, that's why when this whole thing happened, they were just kind of all suspicious. They kind of, they didn't keep their love secret, but they, you know, they stayed close to like close friends and stuff. And like, they're uh, they're very uh, like proactive people. But they were just driving through the mountains late at night. They're trying to drive through the night just to get home in the morning. And all of a sudden, they start spotting this huge object in the sky. And uh, Betty thinks it's a UFO. This is something she's recently seen in the newspaper. And she, so it's news to her. She wasn't watching sci-fi movies or anything. She just saw this article, read it, and she's like, I know what UFOs are now. That's a UFO. And Barney's like, nope, no, it's not. Came to the point where this thing was so close, it was in a field right next to the road. So he actually pulled over, got his binoculars, and went out there in the field to look at it. And he was close enough, you could see windows in the side of this craft and with, like, little beings walking back and forth. And he's looking at them. And they're, like, looking back at him. And he's getting this telepathic message in his head saying, like, stay there. Stay there. Keep looking at me. Keep looking. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. It was just kind of creepy, I guess. You know, he's putting him in some kind of trance, I guess. Because all of a sudden, like, uh, he said the ship, two little wings came out to the side with red lights blinking. And it started to lower the ship. So he broke from this trance and ran back to his car, screaming at Betty, like, Betty, we're going to get the fuck out of here. You know, like, he believes now. And they uh, drive away. And they uh, all of a sudden feel very calm. And they feel, like, sedated almost. And all of a sudden, they feel like Barney's driving, but he feels like he just woke up and he's driving. And uh, they get home and they look at the clock because they're in the car and their clocks have stopped. So when they get home, check the time, they're... It's like way later than it should be. They're missing like two hours of time that they just don't know what happened. So through hypnosis, like best Betty started having nightmares and like really started thinking about this whole UFO thing. And, uh, you know, ended up going to a hypnotherapist to get these memories back. So they were one of the first couples to actually do this because it became a big thing. Alien abduction. This world. is when like a lot of abductions were coming out in the fifties and sixties. Yeah, this is early on. This is one of the first, at least, public ones. And uh, but when they did went under hypnosis, like they had like crazy breakdowns, recalling all this crazy stuff of being taken onto a ship by these strange little men. They kind of looked like the Greys, but they had hair. They had like thin black hair, and they were wearing little thin suits. And they brought them in. And that's and they were doing the classic uh, poking at your genitals. They took sperm from Barney. He was freaking out the whole time. Betty 
apparently she had a giant needle go into her abdomen, you know, and it took an egg from her and went right in. And uh, but it, she didn't feel any pain. She felt afraid, and I guess one of the beings came up and just put its hand out, and she felt just at peace. And uh, they ended up talking to her because Barney was in a full freakout mode, I guess. But she was calm enough to talk to them, and uh, they started showing her things like maps and all these crazy books they had with them, and this like really weird room. And uh, next thing you know, they're they're being told you have to leave the ship. They're like, "Can I bring this book with me?" And they're like, "No." You can't bring the book. And she's like demanding to like take the book. See, doesn't that seem weird to you though? That they have a book? They, that they have a book? Yeah. Like a book with paper and pages. You think they'd have like a Kindle or an iPad? Yeah, at least an iPad. <laughs> something something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Maybe they're they're old school. Maybe they're just they like vintage. Maybe. Or they're just like this is the technology that is what these people understand. Yeah, give that them could a be book. it too. Because they, they just they came up to her with the book to show her, and uh, they're all a lot of symbols and bizarre things, a lot of math. Or it's in their fucking imagination. Yeah, and it's not really happening. Exactly. And people that are having these abduction stories are just like having some sort of weird thing in their brain. Or have you heard this theory of thought too? Um, and I think there's some research to it or not, um, that people that have abduction stories oftentimes may be people that have had, like, major surgeries and have been, like, under sedation for a while, um, and then they kind of have memories of the, being on a table with bright lights above them and stuff, like a doctor. Yeah, a traumatic a surgery, moment. Like a traumatic surgery. Yeah. And then you just, like, replace all the nurses and doctors with the vision of little aliens yeah. because Hollywood's pumped yeah. that into you. Like blank figures, essentially. Because that's what they look like. Just like they don't have that many features. So, yeah, yeah it could be these ex- vivid, uh, traumatic dreams and nightmares. Like human brains are afraid of everything. Like, yeah. It makes sense if they're in their bed sleeping, but a lot of these cases, people are just, like I said, driving. Like driving down walking, the road, yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're in a fucking ship on a table. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, people missing time driving. Like, have you ever been driving for like an hour, and you're just like kind of half paying attention? You don't even realize how you got there. Oh yeah. Oh fuck, bud. I hit the side of the road all the time. <laughs> yeah. You or, get... or you're like halfway through driving home, you're like, where am I? Like, have I passed this town already? Because I've, oh, yeah. I've passed. I've been in the car with you a lot. This is very common. Yeah, I I zone right out, but I always get home safely. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you don't have a real phone, but I like how we're. You're out in the country looking for your buddy's skate park, and you're just like, where is it? And you just kind of point off into the distance. You're like, that way. I know my maps. Yeah, as long as you know where north is, right? Yeah, if I lose north, I get pretty chaotic. You got a, you got a strange, you got a straight north. Straight north. Anyways, these, uh, these alien encounters, I feel like this could be considered an invasion of sorts. Because uh, another theory and a, a thing, a very common theme in alien abductions and why they're messing with people's genitals is because they're taking our DNA and they're trying to crossbreed their species with our species. Which could be what the greys are already. They could have crossbred years ago, and now they're like, fuck, we need yeah. some of that good cum. We need some of that good ancient human cum. But all they find is our fucking 
fucked up redneck come. Yeah, like what if like these like you said? Because it's always rednecks too. Yeah. So they're taking all this redneck come, going like, fuck, we need intelligent like the people that built the pyramids. We need to find those people, but they're not around anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Maybe like maybe they are taking smart people's come, but they're just not even noticing they're being abducted, and the, the rednecks are. They're out there in the field. They see the, you know, the UFOs. These smart people. They're in- Elon Musk is just giving his cum to aliens. He just yeah, sends yeah, it yeah. into space every <laughs> couple months. Yeah, that's what the rockets are for. Is like, here's some cum. I'll bring the rocket back. We have enough of your cum, Elon. It's like we have too many of your babies running around. We have too many little musks. <laughs> it's getting musky in here. It's getting musky on our alien spaceship. But uh, yeah, that's they think. You know, people get abducted and then they. You know, they get brought back, and all of a sudden they're just pregnant for no reason. They people, women who haven't had sex, and they even go to the doctor, and they get reports from doctors saying, "Yes, you're pregnant." They have ultrasounds, and then one day they're not. What do they do with those little alien bastard children? I I don't know. They get abducted again, and suddenly they take the baby for, right from you, and they go back to Earth, and all of a sudden they're not pregnant anymore. Ah, oh, they just chalk it up as a miscarriage or something. Something weird like that, yeah. And then, but then they keep getting abducted, and you see this child like grow up. And it kind of looks like them, and kind of looks like a, and like these are crazy stories. They're wild. You know, you don't have to believe them, but they come from a lot of different people. A lot of people experience a similar, similar thing, and it goes way, way back. This is, this is alien abductions in the fifties. But if you start looking way back at things like folk tales and elves and like weird magical creatures like that, there's weird uh, things that line up like that, like. In old stories of elves, they would take people, they would take children and continue to abduct them throughout their life, bring them to a fairy world in a place where there's like just all this incredible like architecture and just like, or they describe like being pulled up into like ships in the sky, like great ships and uh, having children with these fairies and like watching the children grow up and like these are all written in like the 1400s or even older. Like who knows when these stories started. But like when you match those up with how people experience alien abductions, they're su- they're pretty similar. So is the gray alien just our 21st century version of a fucking elf or a fairy? It, it could from be. like the 1400s or whatever. And uh, it, yeah, it could be something evolving. Could be all kinds of different things coming at different times. So maybe this is a natural human occurrence in the brain, but our brain is just warped with whatever our surroundings are. Yeah, like who knows how many things are out there. Like you look at Earth in the Milky Way, we're out in the boonies. So like scientists love saying that, like we're too far away from anything. Like it could be crazy busy out there. We don't know. Things could just be zipping in. Like, just for, like, a week. Yeah, and you're thinking... Like, let's see what's going on, and then you just leave again, go to the next place. You're thinking about things traveling linear when you start introducing dimensions and stuff and jumping dimensions like elves like to do. Yeah, moving through time, yeah. And this isn't the elf episode. We're going to do a whole episode on elves. Elves, are we? Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. Because we're doomed if they... We'll throw fairies in there, too. Elves and fairies are pretty similar. We're doomed if they come back. Yeah. But the aliens might just be some weird version of the elf. That's very true. I think that's uh, very believable. Anyways, I got this book here, Tyler. Do you want to flip to a random page? And you want me we'll to find a random I'll, alien? I'll love to hear your description of it. All right, here we go. This is 
the field guide to extraterrestrials, a complete overview of alien life forms based on actual accounts and sightings. Just a random page. Yeah. Oh, let's go to this one. This, <laughs> this one looks like a weird duck with a toilet flusher <laughs> for a head. <laughs> Look at it. Oh yeah, and, you're right. You it's know, weird. Like a, it's got. It's kind of like a. It's like a duck if it was wearing like a hazmat suit. Yeah, and had a uh, like a welder's mask on. A welder's mask on. Yeah. How how tall is it? It's got like a height. Three feet tall. Three feet. That's a big duck. <coughs> where where did it happen? There's information there. There we go. I'm gonna. I'll read the information. You don't have to read the whole like spiel, but okay. It's a. Uh, this is in the class humanoid. Yeah, how's that humanoid? It's a humanoid. It is a short, non-gray. Okay. Um, eyes and duck? feet. The uh, word duck is it anywhere? I haven't seen the word duck. Okay. Um, it was the descriptive incident. Date July twenty fifth, nineteen seventy nine. Seventy nine. Seventies are a big time for aliens. Late seventies, or uh, in Spain. Ah. Yeah, Spain. So Spain. Here we go. At 11.30 a.m., the witness, a 54-year-old farmer, was visiting some vineyards, which he owned. Vineyards? No, vineyards. Vineyards, you're right. Which which he owned. Um, when he noticed something white and shiny ahead, he thought it must be the neighbor's car. When he rounded the bend, the motor car was blocking the dirt road. As he pulled up, oh, it was blocking the dirt road as he pulled up. Okay. The motor car. Whose motor car? Well, he thought this object, this big shiny object was a car. Oh, okay. But as he stopped, he realized that while the object was not a car at all, it had no wheels and stood on two legs. The object resembled half an eggshell standing on its flat end. It was nearly nine feet tall. Wow. And almost three feet wide. Suddenly, the witness noticed two beings running towards the object. Yeah. They stood about three feet tall and wore white, shiny outfits. They re... um, White, shiny outfits. Were they coming out of a pond? (laughs) Giant fucking ducks. Um, The widest... At its widest, each outfit was about 16 inches. Um, the beginnings had little black legs. <laughs> You're describing a duck. He's just describing a big metal duck. A big metal duck and a hazmat suit and a welder's mask. Just, why yeah. didn't they just say that and you have a picture right away? Okay. Within seconds, the beans entered the object, which took off immediately, um, throwing up a cloud of dust. So the ducks got back in their pickup truck and drove away. Oh, God. <laughs> um, Ibanez got back in his car and drove off to inspect his vines. He just went right back to checking his grapes. <laughs> yeah, no big deal at all. Like, who cares? Um, then he returned back to the site of the encounter um, for an investigation and found four circular marks on the road, tire marks, um, that uh, made a rectangle. The farmer, who knew nothing of UFOs, was held in high regard by the locals. Wow. So he sounds he's a reliable like he, guy. He just loves his. He's taking care of his vineyards. His things getting in his way. He can't get to his vineyards. Just a bunch of ducks coming out of the woods eating bread. Even a bunch of corn was on the ground. Like, but they Bang. got they got in a object and took off that kicked up a cloud of dust. All right, cosmic cosmic ducks. 
That's what it sounds like. I'm, I wish I could. Saw Three that. feet tall is not that big for a duck, Brandon. Like, that's like a goose. Yeah, it's that's a, a goose. goose. It's probably a goose. It's a goose, not a duck. Right. Looking at geese here. That was a fun Geese one. driving a pickup truck. That's what it sounds like. All right. I'm going to go through one more. This is going to be a regular segment. Every episode, we're just yeah, going to pull this book Yeah, let's bring that book out. back every episode. <laughs> Keep it in the studio here. We'll just pull it out and talk about a random alien. I'll go through one more, and then we got to wrap this this, this uh, episode up. You, you get you get near the back, and you start getting this is some weird. But all right. This is an animalian. Uh, amphibian category. So a lizard. No, it's an amphibian. Oh, right. I think it. So well, I don't turtle? know what. I guess it has gills. It can breathe underwater. It kind of looks like a frog with no mouth and just giant telescope eyes. Like it has two eyes, but they just look like a pair of binoculars. He's got like the the sticky gilled hands. He's about three feet tall too. These aliens are short. Uh, this happened in 1967 uh, in Massachusetts. Massachusetts, Massachusetts, Massachusetts. Witness Betty Anderson, another Betty. So it was six forty-five p.m. We always have to. T- it's always during the day. See, these people are seeing aliens during the day and getting swept up in an abduction, just like on the way to get groceries or something. So with the house lights going out briefly, Betty was in the kitchen while her seven children and her mother and father were in the living room. Jesus, that's a lot of kids. It is 67, I guess. She noticed a pulsing orange light streaming in the kitchen window and went in to calm the children. She then returned to the window with her father, and they both saw five strange-looking creatures leaping like grasshoppers towards the house. (laughs) As the beings passed through the wooden door, everyone in the family blacked out except Betty. Oh, I've heard about this story. Of course Uh, you have. Okay, yeah, yeah. It gets good. What transpired afterward emerged under hypnosis several years later. The alien leader, who was the tallest, spoke to Betty telepathically and identified himself as Quasga. This guy's name is Quasga. All the beings were about four feet tall, wore blue coveralls, and had pear-shaped heads and wraparound cat-like eyes. Their sleeves displayed an insignia of a bird. This alien doesn't have a head, the picture of it. Look, (laughs) there's no head. It's just two big telescope eyes. Looks more like a bug than an amphibian. When Betty expressed concern for her family, they released her 11-year-old daughter, Becky, from from unawareness. And one of the beings began playing with her, juggling balls of light. (laughs) Well, they're entertaining. That's that's, that's cool. The kid was afraid. She's like, all right, create some balls of light and juggle it. We've been watching the circus. That's what humans like. (laughs) Betty gave Quasga a Bible, and he handed her a blue book. Another alien with a book. See? They get it. They get people. See, I bet they have, like, iPads now. If you're getting abducted, they're showing you iPads. Yeah, it'd be weird if they Kindles. handed you a book now. I know. It's like, what's this? I'm just going to use my iPad. But back then, there's no Yeah, they were relating with this. It was a, her a blue. So then Betty, then Betty was taken aboard a large saucer-shaped object with a central substructure. The object rested on a hillside in her backyard. The craft then took off and merged with a larger craft, where Betty was subjected to probing with a variety of instruments, including one she called a cleaning device. Like a vacuum? She got like an abortion? Yeah. During the med- medical examination that followed... The being stuck a needle-like device up her nostril and later in her navel to test for procreation. I fucking hate that. What? 
You ever go have your sinuses checked and they stick that big, long fucking needle up your nose? I've never had my sinuses checked. Oh, it hurts. That sounds, it sounds like it hurts. I've been, abdu- I've been abducted by doctors. <laughs> Afterward, Betty put her clothes back on and was led to an enclosed glass-like chair where she sat for a while, immersed in a liquid. <laughs> She's just in like a dunk tank. Yeah, they just put the her alien in alien dunk tank. Just like line up. All right, we're gonna throw these light balls and try and hit the target. Dunk yeah. Betty. <laughs> these, the... these aliens were definitely like watching the carnival. Before. Yeah, yeah, they're juggling light balls. They got the dunk tank. Step right up. Try to get the hoop <laughs> over the the ring over the hoop. You know, dunk the Betty. Dunk the Betty. <laughs> All right, um, we're gonna have a pie contest at three. So she sat. For a while, immersed in a liquid. She was then given something sweet to drink, and led by two beings in silvery luminous suits with black hoods to a dark tunnel, seemingly chipped out of stone. Together they went through a mirror-like door and came out into a place with a vibrating red atmosphere. The black track they were following went between two square buildings. So they're on like a walking escalator now. <laughs> they were in a cave, and now they're on a walking escalator. So now they're between two square buildings with window-like openings. So windows. So <laughs> suddenly Betty was frightened by a different set of beings that crawled over the buildings. They were climbing up and down and out the windows like monkeys. She, she described them as lemur-like creatures with full bodies but skin and skinny arms and legs. The, scre- the creatures were headless. However, though, they had eyes on stalks. So there's the, that's the alien she's describing in this. The, the weird things crawling on buildings. Shortly afterward, they entered a green realm full of plant life and water. Later, after seeing a gigantic bird turn to ashes. They went to the aquarium. Yeah, so someone gave it this lady acid, and they took her to the aquarium. They took her to the, the carnival in the yeah, aquarium. Yeah. So, was, so this bird exploded in a phoenix-like fashion. Betty was returned home. She inter- interpreted the experience, one of many later turned out as being angelic in nature. So she thought these were angels, just creepy little reptile <laughs> angels coming down, just taking her and showing her tricks, juggling, dunking her. Yeah, dunk it's a, it sounds like a bad carnival acid trip. Yeah, like these people take it, like read it, like it's so confusing and bizarre. It's like, sounds like the aliens are just coming through and just like fucking with us. Like, let's pick them up. Let's put them in this tub of goo. Put them in the tub of goo for like two hours and then we'll <laughs> tell them they gave them powers and then we'll make them leave. We're aliens from from New York. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know, but I like this. I think you should keep this book at arm's reach because Absolutely. there are so many fun, um, fun extraterrestrial encounters. Yes. Um, you've never had one yourself, though. No, actually, no. We'll finish that off with my one UFO encounter I've had. Uh, it was probably four or five years ago. I was a tour guide. Uh, I drove backpackers across Canada, and I uh, we, we had a stop in Newfoundland. It was beautiful, and there was hardly any light pollution, so I went... East coast of Canada is uh, known for having UFO sightings. Yeah, there's a very famous sighting, at the Shag Harbor experience in Nova Scotia. They just came out with a commemorative coin with the, with the UFO on it from uh, Shag Harbor. Right. Yes, they did. And I've heard a lot of stories from Nova Scotia Um people who yeah, had absolutely. stories i know a lot of people experienced something in the town that a lot of my family lives everyone was up early at like four in the morning to go crab fishing they all walk out of their house and over in the meadow it was only about eight houses or so that could 
probably see this object. And they just see this floating strawberry, they said, spinning in the sky, bright red. They said it made everything around them red. And these are good, honest Canadians. Oh. Good, good, honest crab fishing Canadians that are out there. Yeah. They're not going to lie about a strawberry yeah. in yeah. the sky. They're men. They're men. Oh, I forgot. Uh, yeah. And uh, so they saw this. But uh, speaking of UFO sightings, I just forgot. We have a quick special guest. And then we'll get back to yours. We'll do Steve's, and then we'll come back Absolutely. to yours. Absolutely. So we got Steve. You come in, Steve. So Steve here. Steve, we work with Steve here in the studio at Spiky Ball Studios. He, uh, We all work together on the Live from the Dutch Hall podcast. Yeah. He's a guitar player. You're a talented videographer. You're a, you're a big fish fan <laughs> and you had a ufo sighting you told me today yes. i never knew yeah and it was very exciting it was from a, actually a series of sightings that i knew about that were kind of famous for a while yeah so uh, i'll let you tell your story all right uh so uh my wife and i moved to norfolk county in 2006 and we uh we were in charge we were the managers of this uh tourist attraction called sandhill park and Sandhill Park is, um, it's halfway between Port Burwell and Long Point oh, yeah. in Norfolk County. And uh, there's like a 300-foot sand dune on the property. And it's, uh, anyway, it's pretty cool. Uh, so uh, it was the long weekend. Uh, so September long weekend at the end of the summer, there's three or 400 people in the, uh, in the campground. And uh, me and a buddy and, uh, and his wife were up at the, the gatehouse. And um, uh, I saw this glowing sphere in the sky. Yeah. And this thing sort of uh, arced up over a over a tree, and then just sort of parked itself there. Like a for big a while. curve motion. Yeah, like a, a yeah. nice. Uh, I don't know what kind of angle that is, yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, just, I hear you. Um, it completely um, unlike anything else I'd I'd ever seen. Like, and we, this is before drones too. This is far before drones. Yeah, like um, public drones. Absolutely. So, um, uh, you know, uh, the fireworks were a problem at the park. So anything that went up in the air that was on fire was uh, my territory to, to deal with. So it totally caught my eye, and uh, we studied it for a while. It didn't fly off or anything. Uh, it was not a Chinese lantern. Uh, this thing looked like a a metal sphere that just spun around really fast uh, and had this... Emitting a light. Orange glow about it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, so I was stuck at the front, uh, so I stayed put while my friend and his wife chased this thing uh, through the park. On foot? On foot. Wow. Um, and then uh, this 300-foot sand dune got in the way of them. Yeah. Uh, so it went up over the, the sand dune and uh, out of their vision. Uh, but the next day, because it was a long weekend, there were lots of people in the park, so I asked everybody if they'd seen anything in yeah. the park. And uh, there happened to be two girls, they were like 13 or 14 years old, who happened to be up on the hill that night Yeah. at the time, and they saw the uh, the eerie light um, doing its thing over the water. And That's a very appropriate name, because it was over Lake Erie. Yeah, <laughs> the eerie lights. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the cool thing was, it came back same time next night. Wow. Uh, so we got to, uh, this time we got to chase it through the park. With the truck, and that took us to a, a lookout, and we could see it over Lake Erie. And um, at times, it looked like there were four or five different balls in the sky, and they had all sort of—that's crazy—merge uh, uh, into one presumably larger ball, and then sort of break off. And uh, and then uh, at the end, we watched the big ball uh, drop into the lake. Wow! I don't know where it went. 
just submerged into the lake. Yeah. Yeah, that's like we were just talking about all the sightings on the East Coast, and that's a yeah. common thing. They go flying back into the water. Yep, yep. dipping out of the water, like, and without even breaking waves, without even slowing momentum, they just get dip right in, and they're gone. So maybe it is great white sharks. <laughs> great white sharks. Listening like to a, Kiss. Yeah. I'm just trying to bring it full circle. <laughs> you just love that story. That's a great story. Right. That was earlier in the show. That's wild, Steve. Because um, I, I don't think I've, I've always looked at the sky. And you always think you see something like ah, it's just a fucking plane, or you look up and you're like ah, it's a drone. I've never seen anything that I could yeah. clearly say that I couldn't identify it. I saw something that was very bizarre. Anyways, that was sorry, Steve. I didn't mean I'm to sorry. cut you off. Do you have? Is there any more? No. Do you witness any more? Just that. That's, that's uh, that must that must have changed your life. It sure did. It changed your view for sure. One hundred percent. It also made. Um, I mean, it was great living at the park. We worked for six months and then we had six months off, and um, it was a lot creepier after that experience. Wow. I imagine it would. I, like I, I saw something. I wasn't. I was just super excited what I saw because <laughs> I've been waiting my whole life. But I was in uh, Newfoundland and I was taking pictures above this hostel we were staying at. And uh, I could see there's a bunch of like hills and cliff sides with trees blocking the ocean, but then a big open area. You see the bay. Yep. Where we were staying. Not a lot of, there's like a few buildings in this town. That's it. A few houses and stuff. So I have an amazing view of the Milky Way. I'm getting good pictures of the sky. Yep. And all of a sudden I could see these two lights coming behind a tree line, like out. It would be out over the ocean. Okay. But I can only see them through the trees. And then they come right out into the open. And uh, I'm watching them, and it looked like a plane because it looked like two lights. They were even. They were going the same speed, so it looked like one struck one thing. Sure. But then they started separating. Like, one was slowing down, one was still going. And then one just stopped completely, and the other just kept going and then just, like, dissolved, just, like, flickered out into nothing. That's amazing. And the one sitting there just sat there, and I took a bunch of pictures. Yep. Just looks like a star. Doesn't look like anything. It's just sitting there, and I'm yelling at people at the hostel to come up and look with me. We'd watch it for a while and hoping it would do something again, but it sat there all like at least for two hours. Because when I went to bed, I looked up and it was still sitting there. Wow, that's awesome! Super weird. Oh, that's crazy. How'd you sleep that night? Great. I was <laughs> I finally got to see UFO. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this has been a great episode of uh, We're Doing Podcast. I'm okay with uh, aliens taking over. To be honest with you, I think we're ready for it. Come down. Yeah, and I'm sure this topic's gonna come up again. All right, this is a this is a very big interest of mine. So yeah, um, we've only scratched the surface on aliens and UFOs and our fascination with them. We even we didn't even talk about mantis men. So all right, that'll be a whole episode on its own. Uh, did you want to do the three things that we're grateful for to add them to the list? Absolutely, I'm grateful for. Um, I don't know. We're doomed, Brandon. I know. That's why I have to be grateful for something. I have to be grateful for for tiny fish, for becoming big fish, and uh, feeding our bellies in a manageable way without overfishing the ocean. Yeah. I don't know. That didn't those make tiny, any those sense. Those tiny fish are filled <laughs> with plastic now, though. I know. I know. Which we have to do an episode on plastic. Absolutely. Um, I'm grateful for... Tea and coffee, that really helped 
you know, tea and coffee's uh, always there, always there for you. Some tea and coffee. Let's put that on the list. Um, I had a mango this weekend. I'm grateful for mangoes. Yeah, and uh, all the uh, the the wars that happen and people that get killed over bringing mangoes to the country. We'll just your our hearts go to you as we eat the mangoes. We're doomed. There's no, <laughs> there's nothing good to put on this positivity list this week. <laughs> Maybe next week. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Tyler.